0: This is Don Bluth, and you're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 39, Rise of the Guardians. The Guardians of Liberty.
1: To the Animation Addicts podcast with the rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host Morgan Stradling. I'm here with my co-hosts Chelsea Robson, hello, and Mason Smith.
0: Rotoscoper number three reporting for duty, ma'am.
1: Sir, yes, sir.
0: I will defend all animation, ma'am.
2: <laughs> awesome. So, for I those will of deny
0: you... all direct-to-video to sequels, ma'am.
2: <laughs> Thank you, somebody. <laughs> So for
1: those of you who are new to the show, our podcast covers everything in the animation world, news, reviews, and movies. So each episode, we go over the animation news in the week. We also review a movie from the animation library, past or present, and we have a great grand old time doing it.
2: <clears throat> Yay! <laughs>
3: Yay, we love it. <laughs>
2: awesome. Oh, How was your week, everyone? Great, very great.
0: Yeah, yeah, mine was good too. Yeah, just came back from a little mini vacation. Saw the Great Gatsby. You know, pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. It actually, it was pretty. It was. Didn't you think it was heavy with CG effects and like animation and stuff?
2: Very much. Yeah, Had a lot the, of
1: things. The long shots where they would pan in. You know, from one side like, of the bay to the other. I was like, oh, this is a bit east egg to
0: west egg. And yeah. Like they would like fly out over New York City and then dive down a skyscraper yeah. onto a car
1: yeah did you like the yeah. animation
0: um i thought some of it served the movie real well because it was nice and realistic uh-huh. but um like this is the same guy that did australia which also had a lot of cg effects that weren't necessarily realistic but the movie australia and this movie are so over the top that it, it, i was okay with it yeah like the yellow car just like happens to be careening at 80 miles per hour down the busy streets of new york
2: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) like okay but yeah like i thought it was a swell movie and like really cool and uh you know animation wise it was a little over the top a little unrealistic but then again that's the director's style so
1: yeah totally
0: i had no problem with it i just made that comment
1: I, there were some parts I didn't like those, like you were mentioning, those pan scenes when they'd go from one side of the town to the other. I felt like it was very disorienting. Like, I guess you said unrealistic, but I felt like it was just a bit unfinished. I don't know. And I know this movie got pushed back from Christmas, and I'm wondering if it was because effects weren't done. But overall,
2: I really like the movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot better than the book. The book, like all the characters, none of them have any type of remorse at all for being stupid um but in the movie like nick kind of does
0: yeah they expanded his character a little bit
2: yeah and so it made it a lot more palatable i think um so i also started watching
1: a new animated tv series
0: oh brother i was not what i think it is
1: (laughs) what do you think it is
0: is it the freaking my little ponies
1: (laughs) friendship is magic
0: (laughs) it is but i don't need ponies to teach me that (laughs)
1: Like I kept hearing about it, you know, we've talked about it before. And then like during the you know past few weeks We we
0: did have uh we did have one of our fans actually draw the fan art of us as ponies, which I really (laughs) appreciated. That
2: was awesome.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) No 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 whoever did it, who was it? Mm. Do you do you remember the name?
1: Maggie, maybe.
0: Maggie, maybe oh they're like they're probably bouncing up and down and raising their hand. Me, me, it's me. Um (laughs) while they're listening. But uh I just thought they did a great job capturing my uh my smile. (laughs) in my hair like i was like wow that's exactly what i look like it was pretty good if i was a pony (laughs) but anyway back to the show i hate it
1: have you seen it i hate it it. because i kept okay i don't
0: need to see it i've seen all the all the deviant art ponies
1: that's not true
0: do a google image search on any cartoon character past or present and there is a my little pony friendship is magic version of that
1: (laughs) is that really so bad
0: I don't know what is worse, Sonic characters fan art or My Little Pony fan art.
2: I think it's fine.
0: Sorry, Morgan. How's the show? How's the show? Sorry.
2: Okay,
1: let me tell you. So I'm almost done with season one. First, I was like, okay, I gotta check this out. I want to see what it's about. You know, oh, there's all these like 20, 30 year olds who are in it, and it has yeah. a huge
2: following, like crazy. Oh, it's insane! Uh, I went to the Phoenix Comic Con, and Tara Strong, who's one of who's um, what? Twilight Sparkle. Yeah, she's Twilight Sparkle. Um, Which is an awesome name so for a pony, by the way. Crazy Twilight like Sparkle. Like, we sat next to this one guy, and I took my nephew, and he's like 10 or 11. And we sat next to this guy who's had to be like 25 or so, and he's got like his Twilight Sparkle, like plush animal. <laughs> and he's got all these things, and he's like caressing it. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, Hi. He is, and he's like, I'm the biggest brody ever. Like, brody. Brony? Yes, that's a term. No, it yes. is a term. It's a term There's for a million of them too. And it can be bros,
1: obviously, but it can, it's just basically girls and guys who are older who like it. Yeah.
0: So
2: you, all of us would be considered bronies.
0: No, not me. Sorry. <laughs>
2: well, pardon me. But anyway. Tara Strong is awesome, so I, I think that's cool. But
0: <laughs> So where do you so where do you watch it on Netflix?
1: Okay, so it's on Netflix, seasons one yeah, through Netflix. three. And I like just started watching, I was like, okay, okay. The first episode is a two part episode, and it like uh-huh. introduces you to the six main characters. It's pretty cool. So Twilight Sparkle, she's like a unicorn. Unicorns learn magic. Um oh. and so she's like the apprentice to the princess who is mm-hmm. a Pegasus and a unicorn, which I've learned is called an alicorn. So anyways, so, but she's like a complete egghead bookworm and has no friends. So the princess sends her away to this little Ponyville to make friends. And then by the end of, you know, the first few episodes, she makes friends with them. And then it's kind of her, her life uh, and experiences with her friends each episode. So it's actually really cool. And I like it and I'm kind of, but it's not,
0: it's not all, it's not all sparkles and unicorns. This new format is kind of edgy, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's one of the things I was reading on Wikipedia and different sites and interviews. The creator, she was working for Hasbro and she kind of got this job to like reinvigorate the fr- the Pony franchise with a new, you know, uh, TV series. And she was kind of annoyed with all the girly uh, TV shows at the time, how they kind of are just like, Overly girly, over the top, and they kind of like sugarcoat everything. It's just like tea parties and butterflies, and so like yeah. in like Jared watched it with me, and and he's like, those ponies are actually like kind of mean. <laughs> and the one episode he watched it was like these two girls were like these well these two ponies were like really competitive, and they were racing, and they were kind of using dirty tricks to like disqualify the other one, and so they kind of like explore. You don't have to be perfect friends, or like I don't know, I guess a little bit more deeper issues than you would in a normal strawberry shortcake type movie. (laughs) All right. So I I don't know. It's actually pretty good. I would say, like, honestly, just check out the first two episodes and then say yay or nay.
0: (laughs) Okay, that seems fair. I just want to... The mystery to me is how there's such a big adult audience following for this uh fan- you know, and well, fan yeah. base for this show,
1: and one of the things is when they made it, they wanted to make it a show that like the parents could watch with their kids like it's not like they've changed their advertising because they have this huge audience, like they still make the the show for the kids, but they realize yeah. they have this older audience so they they'll put in like Star Trek references or Star Wars or all these kind of like nerdy references that the kids wouldn't get, but they really? wanted a show where the adults would be be able to like enjoy at the same time, and I think adults sort of kind enjoyed of... it too much. <laughs>
0: So kind of like, kind of like Rugrats pre movie. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So okay. there you go. There's my report. So if you, let's say like to our listeners, if you are a Brony or you want to give us a little mini review, send us a voicemail at therotoscopers.com/voicemail, and let us know your thoughts. Is Mace, Are you on Mason's side, or are you on my side, or are you on the complete other side where you are all in, you have your plushie, and you are total Brony down.
0: Yeah, and and anti bronies and My Little Pony skeptics make your voices heard. It's got to be a little, a little balanced here.
2: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's All right, let's funny. go to the news.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we got some commentary to make on some of these crazy news stories. Can you believe Disney Pixar's schedule that they got postulated from 2016 to 2018? They're going to uh, release eight films between Disney and Pixar.
1: It's pretty awesome. Plus That's about four for
0: each in the course of two years.
1: Yeah. Do you think it's gonna be Disney, like Toon Disney, Disney? Yeah. Or so are no, no,
0: these no. like full length? No, no, these are all full length. Really, full full length theatrical. Walt features.
2: Disney Animation Studios. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How's DreamWorks doing? Are they doing about the same amount of? But we're on uh, track movies. to do
1: three a year and now they're just two. So I mean uh, maybe by twenty eighteen uh, they'll be back up to three, but for the next like short five year period, three to five, I think they're at two.
0: In the meantime, they're making cartoon series on all their movies.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's where all their money's going into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean it's just so funny because it's like untitled Disney Animation, April fourth, twenty sixteen. Untitled well, Disney Animation.
0: Well, well we, we've got we've got um we've got Inside Out
1: well, these are before none of these have titles. Yeah. These are all untitled. We'd have no idea what they are inside Out's like 2015.
0: Oh, really? This is all after that. Yeah. What about finding Dory?
1: No, these are all untitled. Like we have no idea what they're about or names, titles, anything.
0: Okay. So let's talk about this. Do you think this will affect the quality of the films?
1: No, I think they are getting their act together. Like, did Disney even during its prime, did they ever have two movies come out in the same year?
0: Did they even double up, bro? Um, no. I don't think so. No, it was well, like every four years. It, wasn't
1: it? No, it was well, it was every four years, and then they slowly got it to one a year, and then yeah. you know, home on the range happened.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> wah, wah. But Disney is skipping two thousand seventeen entirely, and that's just going to be for Pixar. So oh, cool! doing two in 2016 and two in 2018.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's year of the Pixar.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, what do you know? Well, I think, you know, uh, from all my conversations I've been having with my contact at Pixar, they have the technology now to make the films look better using less time and less computer memory. Nice. And so that it's, it's an exciting time when the technology is advanced enough to, yeah, they can do this. They can accomplish this. And why not? You know, there's money to be made, if, you know, if they, if they can put out the products. And uh, I think that's cool. Like they must be really digging in and having confidence in their in their teams uh, because Pixar's not hiring right now uh, is, is the buzz from the industry that I've been hearing. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of this mysterious thing, and I, I'm sure they're going to accomplish a lot, and I, I'm sure they're going to reach their goals or whatever. I, I can't play the cynic here because they've got such incredible technology out now that they can do this.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like five years down the line, too.
1: So the Disney movies, people are thinking, these are ones we've heard of, but we don't have any dates. Um, Ron and John, they have a new film, which supposedly is like in the South Pacific. And it involves Ooh. like a tiki, like a haunted tiki, not necessarily haunted, Ooh. but some sort of like tiki man Mahana, or something. you ugly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you then um, there's also another one with by Brian Howard, and it's going to have Jason Bateman. It's going to be like an animal comedy. That's one that like Disney has announced, but we don't know when.
0: An animal comedy.
1: Oh, we Since love animal comedy. when does comedies.
0: Disney do animal comedy?
1: <laughs> Since Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. <laughs> then, of course, wreck <laughs> elf 2, and then supposedly... to
0: there... wreck it again!
1: <laughs> there was another movie called King of the Elves that was, you know, in production for a long time. We haven't heard anything, so that maybe could be on the list. Um... King of the
0: Elves? That's the uh, third Hobbit movie they're coming
1: out <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So anyways, exciting news. I mean, at least we know Disney's back. Pixar's good as ever. Let's just hope that. I mean, 2016, 2018. I don't want to think that far ahead. No, neither do I. Like, oh, no, no. (laughs) It'll be really cool.
0: Yeah, I will have supposed to be have have gotten my life together by then. (laughs) Anyway, Okay, you think that's cool news. Check this out. Do you guys like the Flintstones? Doesn't. Hey, Fred. <laughs> uh, check this out. You've heard the news. Uh, the WWE, that's that's wrestling, folks, is producing the new animated <laughs> Flintstone. <laughs> Fred Flintstone, unfortunately, will not be voiced by Macho Man Randy Savage because oh, uh, he's right. dead. But uh, <laughs> how do you do that? And this isn't the first time they've done it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently they Scooby-Doo, there's a straight-to-video DVD, buffet, <laughs> but it's not out yet. It comes out next March. <laughs>
0: like scoob it's gonna choke slam us right out of the ring
1: (laughs) i don't know it just seems weird it's like oh let's bring in our wrestlers and have them velma
0: Velma falls in love with john cena and who wouldn't ladies i mean come on um
2: i I don't even know who these people are
0: john cena come on
2: i'm not a wrestler follower type person you're not not. (laughs) i don't know you're missing
0: now, now let's see who this monster really is <gasps> Rey <Rain> mysterio <laughs> i would have gotten away with it too.
1: so basically based on mason's reaction to this that shows how everyone else in the community is reacting it's exactly. like a big joke
0: <laughs> I know, well half the half the comments on our site are like are they is this the, are they kidding this is funny
1: april Fools. <laughs>
0: Okay, so what's the wrestling connection? Are they just producing it, or is there going to be, like, cameos? No,
1: no, no, the, there will be wrestling stars in the film. It's just an excuse to really? plug their own characters within really? the Flintstones world, I guess, random. I had
0: no idea that wrestling was so family-oriented.
2: <laughs> hey, you know, it's all acting anyway, so... <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to get lots of... It's okay, true. you know uh <laughs> <of. laughs>
0: You know, I had a buddy who just got back from being a missionary in Malaysia. And apparently all the kids there still believe that professional wrestling in the U.S. is real. Nice. And so and so, whenever a kid would, like, give a mess or something or, like, be a punk to him, you would just be like, you'd just look at him and be like, I'm going to ruin your life right now. Let me tell you about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's really cruel. <laughs> but anyway, I can weird. only speculate as to the amazing plot that's going to be in this new Flintstones movie. Oh,
2: that's fantastic. And I,
0: I, I can't, I can't say anything right now. I'm oh. speechless. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, we'll wait until uh, more surfaces until you can uh, reveal your thoughts. So that's the news. Very uh, polarizing, but that's it. Yeah. Okay, so next, Chelsea and I interviewed some of our writers on the site, so you guys can get to know them better. Uh, they, they write a lot of the articles on the site, and they're really instrumental in helping keeping us up to date on the news. And so, Yeah, our
0: writers are awesome. They
1: are. And so our first awesome. one is with blake taylor and he's kind of our uh one of our resident disney writers he does a lot of really cool um things that kind of tie into the parks a little bit and how they tie back into the movies and then he does a lot of the general disney news which is really awesome so this is our first interview that we're going to do with him and we're going to keep having these in the next upcoming episodes so when you see them comment in the comments or the the different news stories that they write you kind of have a better idea who they are
2: Today we get to interview some of our writers, and we are so excited to be able to do so. Today we're going to be talking to Blake Taylor, and you can find him on the website. He does a lot of different reviews for the website, and it's just so much fun. So let's meet Blake. So Blake, um, tell us about yourself, you know, your very
1: typical job interview question.
3: Uh, well, I am really into animation, obviously, and particularly Disney and Pixar, Um Everybody grows up with Disney films, but I feel like I just sort of never grew out of them. And sort of visiting the parks definitely fueled my my sort of passion for what Disney does. And especially as I grew older, seeing that it doesn't just happen, that people work really hard to make it happen. I guess that was about around age 10 or 11 that I just sort of started to pay more attention to that sort of thing. And it just made me appreciate it all the more, even more than I did before. And I actually had the privilege of going to the Cars world premiere when I was in sixth grade. It was sort of near, um, it was at a speedway nearby and tickets were like 10 bucks. It was the best value I've ever paid for anything in my life. Um, And it was after that that I I came back from that experience and it was like, I don't just want to let that be just a memory. And sort of that's sort of where my passion for writing started going. And so it was sort of like Disney plus writing equals sort of what I want to do now.
1: Awesome. So you have your own website, right?
3: Yes, BlakeOnline.com. dot
1: Blake com. dot com. And how long have you had it? It's been up and running a long time, right?
3: Yeah, it'll be ten years this in a few weeks, ten years. That's um, so crazy. started off as just like sort of family website with like pictures and stuff like that, and then it's sort of as my interest in the entertainment industry grew, it was sort of developed into more but I hope is sort of more a professional feel. So
1: Cool. So what do you do on your website for those who don't know?
3: Uh, Basically, I just sort of write about mostly the entertainment industry, but with a slant on Disney and Disney theme parks. And what I try to do is I feel like a lot of websites just regurgitate the same news. I try to sort of bring a perspective that reads between the lines as to what the news could mean in the future or what it means in terms of the studio's legacy and things like that.
2: So what are some of the other things that you kind of bring into all of your writings? So, for example, you have different interests. Like, what are those things that you end up writing about as well
3: uh i mostly write just about entertainment and stuff like that
2: so um
1: on a scale of one to ten how big of a disney fan are you
3: uh i wouldn't say a 10 because i probably i definitely don't know anything and everything that could possibly ever be known probably about an eight i would say
1: yeah what about scale of one to ten pixar fan
3: probably on the same i love pixar Every movie is an event, and it's not just a movie. It's something that really touches you, and you see reflections of yourself in their movies, which I think is getting harder to do as movie studios become more competitive. But I think they've got a handle on it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So what are your goals for the future? I mean, so you're in college right now. What what year are you in school?
3: I'm currently a freshman right now. I'm majoring in English and minoring in media studies. And I would actually love to um, participate in the Disney College program at one point. That's basically you just go down there, live, and work as a cast member for a semester, and you get internship credit. So that would be awesome to do that. And they say that's sort of the best way to get your foot in the door to sort of if you want to do bigger things for the company. So I would really love to do that. And if not, hopefully writing for y'all or writing other places could sort of get me somewhere.
1: Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) You're
4: a great marksman, Derek. One of the best takes more than good aim. It takes courage. That's my forte. Well, then, how about a quick round of catch and fire? Catch and fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough courage.
1: So now we're going to do our catch and fire segment, which we like to do. It's just rapid fire questions. So, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So you've probably heard these before, so you're kind of prepared, but we'll just go. So first animated movie you remember seeing? Toy Story. Favorite cartoon growing up?
3: Uh, Lion King.
1: Favorite animated movie? Lion King. (laughs) Favorite animator or artist?
3: Ooh. Oh, gosh. Uh, probably Wayne Allwine, the voice of Mickey Mouse up until recently.
1: Classic animation or CGI? Uh, classic. Favorite animation studio? Disney. Yeah, no brainer. (laughs) Disney or Pixar?
3: Ah, that's a tough one. Uh, if we're going just for the movie quality themselves, probably Pixar. If we're going with memories tied to the movies, probably Disney.
1: Disneyland or Disney World? Disney World. Have you been to Disneyland?
3: I went once last summer. It was a great experience, but I feel like just Disney World is my home park. Yeah, but I feel totally. like everybody can say that about whichever one they're most familiar with. But.
1: Cool. Stitch or Tinkerbell?
3: Stitch. I have a Stitch lamp in my room.
1: Ooh, nice. Yeah. Hardcore. People or anthropomorphic?
3: Anthropomorphic.
2: Songs or no songs? Songs. Snow White or Sleeping Beauty?
3: uh Snow White.
2: Tiana or Mulan? In a fight? No. <laughs> sure. Or sure, why not?
3: Mulan. My brother's lacrosse team actually uses I'll Make a Man Out of You as their pump up song That's before awesome. games.
1: Awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Summer releases or winter releases?
3: Ooh. Summer.
1: Favorite land in Disney World? Magic Kingdom.
3: Uh, I gotta go with Fantasyland or Main Street. Probably Main Street.
1: Rasputin or Dr. Facilier?
3: Mm, Dr. Facilier.
1: And here is the very last big awesome one. Return of Jafar or Cinderella 2?
3: I actually have never seen Return of Jafar, and Cinderella 2 kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit.
2: (laughs) But you have to pick one.
3: I guess Return of Jafar. (laughs) Nice choice, nice
1: choice. (laughs) (laughs) 52 out of 52.
4: Well done.
1: Well, are there any um, last thoughts or things you want to say?
3: Just that I hope everybody's enjoying what our sort of new-ish team of bloggers is putting out there. That it brings you sort of just a fresh perspective on everything that's going on.
1: I think so. Yeah. So where can people find you?
3: Well, my personal blog, like I said, is com, and then obviously on the Rotoscopers. And then I also write a column for com. Some of y'all may have heard of it. It's a travel podcast hosted by Lou Mangello, but I write for their blog a column about finding instances of Disney magic in everyday life. Like the post this week was about different smells that you may come across and remind you, oh, that sort of smells like whatever from that I know from Disney. Um, awesome. and, and, yeah.
1: You wrote a cool one about how to make your dorm room Disney, but not like too Disney that it scares your roommates, yeah. right? That was so yeah. awesome because it was so true. <laughs> like, yes, I'm a Disney nerd, but I don't want to scare potential a friends.
2: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: So awesome. So Blake is one of our writers. We love having him. He does a really, really good job writing and keeping up on the Disney news stories and also the parks, which is fun and awesome. So thanks, Blake.
3: Yeah, thank y'all.
1: No problem. We'll have to have you on an episode.
3: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What's a
1: list of movies, maybe?
3: I don't know if this would count because it's sort of only animation, but I really admire Mary Poppins. Ooh, Ooh we could do that one. Okay. Just because it was like, it was the last film. You know, it wasn't the last film, but it was the last big project that Walt worked on. And I think it sort of like culminates together everything that he did best in his career. Like that movie is Walt Disney.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mary Poppins it is. Okay. So we'll do that in the summer. Sound good? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well thank you so much.
3: Yeah, absolutely. See ya.
4: I've been around for a long time. My name is Jack Frost. I love being on my own. No rules, no responsibility. It's as good as it sounds. Been a long time. Blizzard of 68, I believe. Easter Sunday, wasn't it? You're not still mad about that, are you? Yes, (laughs) but this is about something else. Fellas? Hey! There he is. Jack Frost. Santa. Wow. I hope the Yetis treated you well.
0: Yeah, I love being shoved in a sack and tossed through a magic portal.
4: Oh, good. That was my idea. The big four, all together. Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, Sandman, and the Easter Kangaroo. The what? I'm a bunny. It is our job to protect the children of the world. Now we face a threat greater than ever before.
2: What an adorable dream.
4: What's more powerful? It's fear. Fear. We need your help. Why me? You, you have something very special inside. And we can't do it without you. Let's go! Sandy? Sandy? Wake up! <laughs> you can't kill fear, Jack. I'm not afraid of you. We stand together. You too take the ones on the left, I'll take the ones on the right.
1: Wings
4: up and take no prisoners! Come on! Here we go! (laughs) Am I on the naughty list? (laughs) Naughty list? You hold the record.
0: Previously on Lost. Um, okay. Yeah, here by popular demand, folks. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing DreamWorks' November 2012 masterpiece, *Rise of the Guardians*. And I, I can hear the old ancestor from *Mulan* now going, "Guardians!" <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's yeah. not the
1: not the owls, not the Gahooles. no, not
0: oh, not not, not, not <laughs> 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 Legend of the Guardians, the owls of Gahul.
2: So one of the people who were really wanting us to do this movie was actually my sister Marissa. Uh good. Okay. Yeah, so she came she comes up to me and she's like, Here Chelsea, you should do this one on your podcast. Oh, okay. oh awesome miss and then like she pulls that one up rise of the guardians and then right up she's like i also have this one and she pulls up the owls of go like, <laughs> like, oh sweet you do have them all don't you
0: <laughs> Gu- guardians on the brain
2: <laughs> nice <laughs> they all ride in the same vein all right
0: so yeah rise of the guardians uh, released last year november 21st and we'll we'll talk about the the timing of that release date um yeah based on the book series the Guardians of Childhood. Now, I think Guardians of Childhood is like a really good title for this film. I uh-huh. can see how, how it can't, like, how it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as Rise of the Guardians. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, they kind of are the Guardians of Childhood, like all these cool characters, you know?
1: Yeah. And, like, I yeah. understand how they're rising, but I mean, they kind of already rose. It's like the Rise of One Guardian, basically. Yeah,
0: The Rise of One Guardian. That should be the new title. <laughs> You know, in other, in other countries, it's like, I think it's the Legend of the Guardians, uh, the five Legendaries. Oh, nice. Yeah, legend. the Legendary you Articuno, Five. You
1: Zapdos, and Moltres? No, the,
0: that's, and that's, then those that's other the Legendary birds? Three Birds, ooh, ooh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, then, then Lugio and Ho-Oh.
1: <laughs> the five Guardians.
0: <laughs> Although, te- uh, technically, Lugio isn't a bird Pokemon, it's more of a flying Pokemon. It's clearly not a bird.
1: Well, Gyarados is also a flying Pokemon, and it clearly doesn't have wings.
0: You take that back! <laughs>
3: All right, we really need to do a Pokémon episode. Uh, we
1: are. No, no, no. Just tell me when you can do it and then we'll, me, you and Gary will do it. Yeah, I'm Never really be. out of this loop. Yeah, don't Chelsea's not even offended. I didn't even mention her. Not
2: at all. I'm actually glad.
0: I know cuz like we're going it's going to be nuts. <laughs> Anyway, okay, cool. uh, besides the book series, there was a short film, Man in the Moon by Real FX, which if you YouTube Man in the Moon, you get this weird like 1960s claymation. Yeah,
1: that's not it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not it. I watched it and I was extremely depressed afterwards and I was like, this can't be what they based it off. No, if you off. go
1: to like the, the official website of the Guardians of the Childhood book series, there's a page where like you can watch the video but it never floats. Like, maybe I needed to open it up in a new browser or something, but, like, I think it was there, but I tried watching it, but I couldn't. I was kind of disappointed. So, this is sort of interesting, because these books, right now there's four of them. Four novels and two picture books. And no. the first one, which is called Nicholas St. North and the Battle of the Nightmare King. It cool. wasn't even published until 2011. missing one came out in 2012. Oh, really? Yeah. So, apparently back in 2008, even before the books were written, he'd, uh, the the writer, William Joyce, he already kind of, like, gave this to, to DreamWorks to do and kind of gave them permission to do that. He was going to be a co-director, but his daughter died of cancer. That's and right. And so he left. But this is also the same guy who did the book that Epic is based on.
0: So, really? hmm And then Blue, Blue Sky got into that. Oh, yeah. So cool. so this, kind of peddling it, his, his wares off to everyone. Very good.
2: <laughs> well, I think <laughs> it's to- hey, he's, he's not well, a director of companies here.
0: Hey, you know, but you know what's weird is uh, his first novel came out in 2011. This film came out in 2012.
2: Yeah, in
1: 2008, even before he like finished reading it, he was sort of just had the concept. He sold the rights to DreamWorks. And that's sort of the way like a lot of movies are these days. Like movie studios hear about an idea of a book being made. And even before it's published, they'll buy the rights to it. It's remember crazy. that.
0: Remember that stint, like in kind of the mid two thousands, when all the children's fantasy novels started turning into movies real quick. Oh yeah, <laughs> like uh, Spiderwick Chronicles, Bridge to Terabithia, uh-huh. aka the kid uh-huh. dies in the end. The um, <laughs> Harry Potter, of course. I think Harry Potter started it. Totally. Um, Narnia, you know.
1: Um, um, the what's that guy? Jim Jim Carrey was in it. The Lemony oh,
0: Snicket. Uh, Lemony Snicket, uh, and then there's a, a series of unfortunate events, which might be the same thing? Yeah. Uh, Ink Heart, which was a horrible fiasco. Yeah, so I, I, those weren't necessarily, like, recent, but this is, like, an almost an extreme. So you're saying he sold the concept to DreamWorks before he even finished the book? Yeah,
1: basically. Oh, my goodness. And you know what I think is interesting? Like, he, you think, okay, if you're not too familiar with him, you think, oh, he's a children's writer. But when you go on his Wikipedia... He's been involved in animation since the beginning, like Toy Story. He was a conceptual and art design mm, uh, in me. that department. He was on Buddy, which is
0: What's that? Really funny. What's
1: Isn't that Air Bud? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Buddy is. Then he was on A Bug's Life, Robots, Meet the Robinsons. Oh, then sweet. he directed The Fantastic Flying Books of Morris Lessmore,
0: ah, which won the Oscar, uh, and then yeah, went it. on
1: and did Rise of the Guardians and Epic. So this guy's kind of had a really cool career, that he's obviously like an artist been in the animation industry a long time, done lots of things with lots of different studios, writes like a very successful you know, book series, two or a few of them, actually. And then those get made into, we want to say blockbuster films, but we'll get there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is, is this how you make it with a fine arts degree? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Good for him. Now, um, the director, Helm, passed off to a guy named Peter Ramsey, first time director on a full length feature film, also happens to be the first African-American to direct a full length feature film. But, you know, whatever. And uh, first director's credit went to a, a short that they did for Monsters vs. Aliens, you know, that film. Nice. And uh, he did a lot of storyboarding for uh, action and sci-fi films of the 90s, like Independence Day, uh, Godzilla, the horrible one from 1998, by the way. <laughs> um, hey, it wasn't his fault. It was uh, it was uh, Emmerich's fault uh, for screwing <laughs> up the creature design. Anyway, that's another episode, right? <laughs> um, you can check out a bunch of uh, interviews on Ramsey, you know, what he thought about the film. And there's an interesting... I took a lot of my uh, research for this episode from a, uh, his reaction to the, the months after the Rise of the Guardians release. This was November, and uh, he's talking about in this interview how you know, it was great working on it. He talked about how different it was working with animation. But, uh, you know, every Wikipedia article on Rise of the Guardians will say that this film was, quote, disappointing financially not disappointing you know in terms of creativity or or style or just you know the quality of the movie but financially just didn't do very well check this out folks uh lowest earning film debut for dreamworks since flushed away ouch Uh, first time dreamworks has lost money on a film since uh, sinbad also ouch that is that is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, a con- and a this, you know, you could debate this, but this is a contributing factor to the 300 and plus layoffs at DreamWorks last year. <laughs> Medic! Um, but it's not like everyone hated it.
2: No, I, I really thought this was one of the better films of last year.
0: And if you look on it, all the rating sites, you know, there, there's mixed to positive, they say, but there's a lot of positive reviews and ratings on the web. Mm-hmm. So what happened? So this was a November 2012 release. Ramsey himself mentioned that they had to compete with some big movies that came out last year because a lot of big movies came out last year. 007 Skyfall, the Lincoln movie, the one without the vampires, by the way. (laughs) And of course, it had to compete uh, with, uh, you know, Twilight Soggy Breaking Wind Part (laughs) 2. And so it was ranked fourth in the box office behind those aforementioned
2: movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so mean, was those, it the timing that killed it?
2: I I think that was probably a big part of it. I mean, even when we were we were talking about it at the time, um we have another episode where we talked to Frankie Franco the 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> he works at Dreamworks and was on this film and he just he was like, "Yeah, we're really kind of hoping that that because of Breaking Dawn, that it won't really affect it because kind of the same fans that would go to rise of the guardians were going to be going over and over and over and over again to breaking dawn. So yeah, I think that that definitely did take a chunk out of it. Chunk. I mean, (laughs) not even just breaking Dawn, but just like all of those movies around it there. It was, it was a blockbuster film ending year, you know?
0: Yeah. And after doing a little digging, AKA skimming Wikipedia, I found out that the film made over its budget, uh, grossed in really? total about three hundred and three million, uh, but they actually lost about eighty million because of marketing and promotional costs. Mm-hmm. And I remember a few commercials and a you know and a few displays like in the theaters. But do you guys remember a lot of marketing for okay. this film, or was it was it too much or too little that that made the difference?
1: Okay, so he, I specifically remember the very first teaser poster for this.
0: Yeah, we re- didn't we review it a little bit on yeah. one of our first episodes? Yeah,
1: and we it, did, and we was, bombed it. <laughs> it was Santa Claus holding his arms, and you see Naughty and Nice. And that's yeah. all you see. You don't see his face, and then you just see Rise of the Guardians. So, like, immediately to me, even though I kind of had an idea of what this was going to be out, like, to me, it's like Christmas. This is something to do with Christmas, It's but it's a different Santa than we're used to. It's like a hardcore biker Santa.
0: Hardcore.
1: And it's funny because, you know, you think... Yes, there is Santa's elves and the sleigh in there, but it's not about him at all. Like yeah. He's in there. but He's really just a side character. And it's about, you know, Jack Frost. And to me, I think it would have been a lot better if they would have, like, spun the Jack F- Frost angle and, like, his origins and maybe focusing on him rather than all the Guardians. But hmm. then again, the movie was called About All the Guardians. And they all contribute in a way, but... I mean, people love Jack. Hello, cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's
0: easy to cosplay as Jack. Yeah. Some cosplayers would beg to differ. Uh, no, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, everybody's jeans. got a big, yeah, khaki-washed skinny jeans. You know, you can pick him up at Crew, and uh, the hoodie. You know.
1: And just frosted hair. So frosted I asked hair. our Twitter listeners what they thought about this. Yeah. And you want me to read their responses?
0: No. Let's hear it. So I
1: basically. <laughs> <clears throat> That's that's not the right line.
0: Yes, please. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> okay. So this is basically, I asked, okay, why do you think it did so poorly in the box office? And someone says, okay, Brianna says, it was an amazing movie in my opinion. Yeah. Love it. But maybe the advertising is what did it in. Too annoying and goofy looking? Question mark. Kyle, one of our writers says, hard to sell the concept and poor marketing made it look too silly for adults. My theories are in an article that I'll send you. Okay. One person, Courtney says... Because of how the Guardians were designed, unfortunately. Terrible reason, but it's accurate. Ooh, that's an interesting thing. Um, Jordan says, I'm guessing that the concept really didn't appeal to general audiences. One other. Paige Warren says, the title was vague slash confusing with other movies. People kept thinking I was telling them to go see that 2010 Owl movie. uh-huh. <laughs> and- <laughs> Ben says not enough advertising and people were still going to see Wreck-It Ralph, which is true. Wreck-It yeah. Ralph. OK, that's one thing I wanted to comment on. Wreck-It Ralph was number one for a few weeks in a row and it had a lot of like social proof because you go and you see, OK, what was number one in the box office? Oh, Wreck-It Ralph must be really good. But even you know from I the beginning, I think wreck Ralph
0: is still in theaters down here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but even from the beginning, because of all these other live action movies that came out during the same time, Rise of the Guardians was fourth at best. You know, and people see that they're like, fourth mm, must not be that good. So I think that maybe, you know, people look at that and they kind of, you know, base their opinion somewhat on yeah. what's the top movie. Also, um, you,
0: you get the media snowball effect, too. Like some media people start posting bad reviews. All of a sudden, all the the rest of the media wants to know why the movie is so bad. And then they go off of that, you know? Yeah. Ramsey, he uh, mentioned a little bit of that in his in his interview. So, you know, take it or leave it, whatever.
1: Cool. So, yeah, there's a bunch of others, and they all basically say marketing, marketing, marketing. Marketing was too edgy, which I completely agree. It was poor direction, I guess, where they went.
0: Yeah, because it's like a whole naughty and nice thing. The tattoos, it's it's super edgy, kind of, you know. They, it makes you wonder if this is like, okay, uh, Santa is like a cage fighter now. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's, it's kind of giving off the... But which he's not in the film, they make the point that though Santa looks rough and, and tough... On the outside, the more you get to know them in the film, they're all their, their classic selves. They just have kind of this new persona yeah, that that the director invented, you know, that everybody, you know, mm-hmm. the, the writers and stuff wanted.
2: You know, going back to our, you know, when we first got those posters, my whole feeling was just like, I don't know if I wanted to see this one just because it's like, oh, it was too edgy for me. And in my sense, like, I I think... A lot of people kind of felt the same way. They're just like, you want something safe, kind of in this time. Like, you, if you're going to take your kids to it, if this is something you don't really want to, it just seems too different, too out of the norm, you know. And oh, but Record Ralph is going on still. Let's go see that, you know. So I think that that could have been a big problem.
0: You know what I thought though? My general impression was that I liked it.
2: Oh, I loved the movie. After I went in and saw it, I was like, yeah, this is. This is probably one of the best films of the year. I mean, I really, really liked it, but like I said, it was just getting into it. you had to actually get into the theater first. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree, I agree. Now, this is the first time I'd seen it. I saw it this week uh, and uh wow, they took this concept, this what if concept. The whole thing started when Joyce heard his son ask him, "Do you think that Santa Claus knows the Easter Bunny?" Do they network? Are they connected? Are they in yeah. the same universe? Do they interact? Uh, so that the whole thing started with that concept. And with this movie, uh, they made something really original. Now, there's a lot of things to explain because there's this world and there's this lore and canon, <laughs> you know, of, of everything <laughs> of the Guardians. You know, there's the rules, the oaths, you know. But the cool thing is that they have an explanation for everything. First example I saw was who makes the toys at Santa's workshop? How does that work? Well, Santa has this cool creative mind and he forms them out of ice and then passes them off to the workshops and then the yetis, not, the, not the elves. The I love elves that the comments about useless. the elves. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. the comments about the elves. We just um, make them
2: think that they do. <laughs> they
0: just think that they do. Oh,
2: just... it's pretty. Good job.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and, um, and so I like how there's kind of a science and a method behind these characters. Mm-hmm. What'd you think?
1: Yeah, I mean I really liked it. I agree with Chelsea. It's like even just like renting this movie to watch it again, it was like mm. but then when I watched it I was like, Oh yeah, this is good. I I really like this movie. It, it was sort of an odd premise because I mean the real driving force is Jack. Like this movie's yeah basically about Jack Frost. You know, it's yeah. showing him joining the Guardians, you know, then the bunch of teeth get stolen. And then Jack realizes, oh my, oh, my gosh, my memories were in those teeth. And so it's kind of like an origin story. And they all go to find the teeth. And, you know, and then there's this choice that Jack makes, whether he's going to help himself or, you know, do it for the greater good of the children. And it's interesting. But it's yeah. not what I am sorry from the advertising didn't get any of that. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Well, there's a couple of plot lines that are going through, you know, have the conflict of good versus evil. Yeah. You know, the, the conflict of Jack versus his former self and who he is and what he's supposed to be and then you have the mess with uh, the kids and do they believe, you know, poor kids, whatever. And so yeah, it's uh, fairly complex and um, boy, it's a lot to explain and explore and and go through in the movie. One thing I loved about this film was the design of it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they the creative teams behind this, well, I'm sure the novels helped, but they really were inventive and they really thought through a bunch of stuff. About how this works, the science of each of these uh, guardians' world. The animation was pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't like blow me away. Very effects heavy. You know, there's a lot of uh, volumetric particles flying around. Would, that would be uh, the sand from Sandman and uh, the the ashes from Pitch. Uh huh. You know, Those which is are cool. And, well, DreamWorks actually wrote some software specifically to accomplish that cool. So it's cool and the animation was cool. I I think I I think it was a little mocap heavy sometimes but everything was clearly red and stuff. Like Santa's like little like facial expressions and like how he rolls his eyes and how he smiles and stuff. A lot of good humor in there. <laughs> now the characters. These aren't your jolly fluffy Coca-Cola mascots people.
1: You mean polar bears and Santa Claus?
0: Yeah, polar bears and Santa Claus and yeah. <laughs> they're tough. You know, they're they're True. warriors. They're guard yeah. they're warrior guardians.
1: I'd say the Sandman's a little soft.
0: Well, well no, but he's cool.
1: cool.
2: No, he's he's one that he you. Can, don't wanna... He
0: whoops up on pitch, doesn't yeah.
2: he? Yeah, <laughs> he's like pulls out his whips and like I. I love the comment. It's like remind me not to tick you off.
1: <laughs>
0: I know. Um, I think the Sandman was such a cool character because he didn't talk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he was mute and he was quiet and he was kind of missing for the whole part of the movie, and so you kind of forget about him. And I don't think people maybe resonate with him as much, but because we just don't see as much as him. But he's a very simple character, and I like that. Like, he seems really like a gentleman.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, Peter Ramsey, he made a statement. He's like, the point of all these these new character designs was to sort of wake people up and say, this is for now. Like, these are the characters now in today's world. So the look is radical. And he says, when you watch the movie, you see that by the end, every single character has fulfilled everything you'd ever known about these characters when you were a kid. And so he says they, they were really conscious not to betray the original meaning of the characters, but this is like a new look. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like a new vision of them, uh, you know, for today's world. Now, I think I think in a lot of ways it worked and uh, it they really had some interesting stuff to show. Yeah. Uh, number one was Santa, played by Alec Baldwin, of course. <laughs> uh, I thought he did a really good job and it, he didn't show a lot of Alec Baldwin, partly yeah. because of the, the the Cossack accent. And uh, <laughs> as Shanna said, Uh, It's Santa Claus with swords. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of stylization here, you know, perhaps too much on Santa. I think, I think there was an issue with his hair. It was like way too solid.
1: I I thought that was a problem throughout just the hair. I didn't think they had kind of mastered that because the little sister, her hair, it's like when you have greasy hair and it sort of just like clumps together, her hair was just sort of this like clumpy dangle. Um, It just was very
0: kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was very hard. I didn't feel like it flowed. Like all the characters' hair, I definitely had a problem with.
0: Yeah, so, I agree. I agree.
1: Santa, included. but I like
0: I like his character.
1: Yeah, he was really
2: cool. He was. Compl- <laughs> I mean, it's Everybody funny. Everybody loves had... the sleigh. <laughs> his voice, his voice, kind of reminded me of Zangief from Street Fighter. That's just because you think everyone <laughs> like with a Russian accent. Eggs. No, I don't. <laughs> I do not.
0: <laughs> I was
1: <laughs> yeah he was cool i loved his um his little references were so funny he's like rimsky korsakov you know as a violinist yes. and classical music lover i love these references because like you know these little expressions that he said instead of saying oh my gosh or whatever it was they were oh names- so he, he's
0: not he's not cursing in russian then. no
1: no they're just names of famous russian musical <laughs> oh, composers that's funny. it's really <laughs> awesome <laughs> this is pretty
0: funny oh that's pretty good so yeah santa now we got the easter bunny uh, voiced by Hugh Jackman, of course, Australian, mm-hmm. you know, the the whole Hugh jackman it didn't really show. So that's cool. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, this is Hugh Jackman.
1: Yeah. But did they pay an arm and a leg for Hugh Jackman and they didn't get Hugh Jackman?
0: Yeah. Most likely, mate.
1: <laughs> no, it was really cool. I liked it. And did you know that the Easter Bunny's full name is E. Aster Bunnymond?
0: Bunnyment. Oh, interesting.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. So E.
2: Aster Easter
0: <laughs> Bunny. Oh, really? Huh? I get it now. Uh-huh
2: i love i <laughs> oh, oh that's funny um i actually i loved easter Venom because like the very first scene right when he goes into the north pole he's like oh it's freezing and i'm like i like you already i oh, know he
0: pops out of his hole he's all like manly and built and he's like oh it's freezing
2: nice <laughs> <laughs> oh And then like when they go back and forth like him and santa Uh, I
0: really love his his little little... relationship with Santa. (laughs) It's
2: so (laughs) funny. It was like Santa's like, no matter how many eggs you paint, they're still just eggs. Like, I'm dealing with perishables here. You get all year to prepare. <laughs> oh,
0: man. I know. Uh, Easter Bunny's kind of the cool but rude. He's kind of the Raphael of the group. Yeah. You know?
2: He's the one that, like, okay, we don't recognize it because we're American, but he's the one that cusses throughout the entire thing.
0: Yeah, he's, like, saying bloody.
2: Yeah, he says bloody through the entire thing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's very offensive when you go to some places. Uh,
0: whatever. We love Ron Weasley, and he says bloody heck every five seconds in Harry Potter or whatever. We Americans don't care we love it
2: we don't know what it means though it actually means the blood of Christ and so by saying that it's just like it's very offensive
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a it's a it's a cursing (laughs) but I thought his character was cool you know it's kind of at odds with everyone especially Jack you know yeah
2: I love it. It's like winter of 68. Remember? Oh, yeah.
0: I believe, I believe it was. There was a blizzard. Yeah. Easter Sunday. Easter 68. Sunday, if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. No. Um... Well, you know, the Easter Bunny, he has to compete with how big Christmas is. Yeah. You know, Santa in this movie, he knows that he's the big show, you know, <laughs> and he's, a, he's pretty proud of it. And it's not like the Easter Bunny is jealous. He's just like, hey, come on. Like, my job is really hard and I don't nearly get as enough notoriety as you do, you know.
2: Yeah, hey, there would be no Christmas if it weren't for Easter.
1: I thought it was interesting when um, the kids stopped believing in him because Easter didn't really work out. There were no eggs. They're like, oh, I guess the Easter Bunny doesn't exist. And then they start walking through him. And like, finally, he understands what it's like not to be believed in. You know, he yeah. Yeah. he understands Jack's pain. But then at some point, I think the Easter Bunny had to have felt this before when he first started out and, you know, did his gig. But yeah, uh, it's just sort of interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Next guardian, Tooth Fairy, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Isla Fisher, I guess, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, she voiced Beans and Rango. Are, are you are you cuddling me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's the best name, Beans.
0: <laughs> Beans is great. Dude, I love Rango. They're, we need to do like a Rango revisited you know it's so episode. so sad.
1: Rango is our second least listened to episode. What? Yeah, people don't like it.
0: Rango. Whoosh. I love Rango.
1: So full name of Tooth Fairy is Toothiana. Okay. Oh, interesting. Fun fact. She's
0: really cute.
1: She's really hyper. Oh, she's yeah. She's really
0: hyper. I mean, she's a businesswoman. She's got, like, an industry to run. It's true. You know, but we, she's kind of weird at the same time. Like, why does she have to keep the teeth? <laughs> Me and Shanna were wondering. And then they have an explanation for it with the, with the memories and stuff. But, like, yeah. she's very, like, she's almost like, a, you know, she talks about being out in the field and stuff. So it's like she's kind of a, she's like a, biologist or like a, a whatever you know collecting samples you know yeah and she like <laughs> loves that they have residue from the kid's mouth attached to the teeth and she's oh like oh maybe she's a fairy liker you know maybe she likes fairies oh look at your old teeth they've got like blood and stuff oh, Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: i think she's cute though she's a cool character
2: yeah she's really fun well i mean think about it. she. she's got to be business like because Every kid's got a whole mouthful of teeth that they're going to end up losing. They got to get rid of them. Got to find <laughs> them. <laughs> oh, she's like,
1: "Wow, you guys collect teeth and leave gifts as fast as I, as my fairies." You guys did leave gifts, right? And then it flashes to all of them getting coins <laughs> at the laundry mat. I thought that was a great gag. And this was so- movie dude, was funny. I loved it. It's not yeah. yeah. So, dude,
0: that that segment was hilarious when they, they were collecting the teeth because they all get really competitive, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it kind of kind of crosses the line into slapstick with, you know, whatever Dreamworks, of course. But um, I thought it was really entertaining.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I like how they each have these kind of crazy magical powers. Where the Easter Bunny has like these portals that are rabbit holes, you know, and he can just kind of do it wherever. And then Santa can warp through uh, chimneys, and you can also create these other. He has his snow globe that can transport him anywhere. I don't know. The technology is insane. <laughs> Who Sandman, very cute guy.
1: Yeah, we kind of talked about him. Awesome. They
0: call him Sandy though
1: yeah and that kind of bugged me because when i think of sandy i think of sandy Claus. when i think of sandy <laughs> Claus, i think of nightmare for christmas and i think of santa <laughs>
3: yeah. so i
4: kept
1: when i was saying sandy i kept thinking santa and i'm like wait that's santa like mm, anyways my problem
2: not yours <laughs> do you know yeah. who also had a name in here that you didn't really notice it until later huh. the man in the moon they call him manny
0: manny oh, that's nice. right
2: <laughs> i was like oh we don't ever see right. him i think no. in the books he has like a role does you he? don't have
0: to see him to believe he exists.
1: That's <sighs> well, that's true, but <laughs> it's
0: about faith, folks.
1: So what about yeah. that Jack Frost? Hmm. Hey, oh, hey, that hey. Jack. Oh
0: yeah, uh, Captain. I mean, um, Chris Pine does his voice. He's um, awesome. Yeah, I didn't think the voice fit though. You did. How old is Jack Frost? But I uh, know I saw. I saw. I think I read in the trivia on IMDb that Jack Frost is eighteen. Yeah, in this film, like I mean, he's stuck as an immortal in this eighteen-year-old state. So, hey, like,
1: not too shabby. Yeah, what, is Chris is in
0: his thirties or something? Or, <laughs> I don't know. What do y'all think about him?
1: Um, I thought it was just really funny how the fairies are completely enamored with him. They're oh, like, they're ha! Oh. <laughs> They're
2: all Dude. swooning at the type.
0: I know, they're, like, fan... And then uh, Tooth Fairy is, like, fangirling over, like, how amazing <laughs> his teeth are.
2: It's like, oh, yeah. oh are they- they're just as bright and shiny white as they say they are. <gasps> oh Okay, girls, come on. Get yourself together. <laughs>
0: nice. I know, that's funny. And so his deal is he's mischievous because he causes the snow and the blizzards, but he also helps kids have fun, I guess, with his, like, frost vision. Yeah, he's the guardian know? of fun. He's the um, guardian of fun.
1: was... Okay, Santa is the guardian of awe. <laughs>
0: Ah, AWE. AWE.
1: Easter Bunny Bunny is the guardian of hope. Uh huh. Okay. And Sandman?
2: Anyone?
0: It's the guardian of sand.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dreams. He's the guardian of dreams, isn't he? Yeah, probably. The guardian
0: of your subconscious.
1: (laughs) Anyways, it's just, I think it's funny. It's like guardian of fun. I'm like, I'm sorry. Personally, ice and slipperiness and snow is not fun ever i was really i
0: was really scared for that kid when he sends him like sledding through the town on ice at like it's like 60 miles per hour you know he could die at any second my question is folks how many kids did jack frost kill before (laughs) he got the sledding thing right
1: (laughs) we don't talk about that that's in the unwritten tales
0: (laughs) that's in the unwritten tales maybe maybe something about it in the books but man i mean i guess he's been at it for a while jack frost
2: yeah, it's pretty old—three hundred years.
0: Jamie, you just made it snow in my room. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie uh, was cute. cute.
2: I like yeah, Jamie. He's
0: a cute kid. Because
1: Jamie has hope, and Jamie's Jamie's a believer. And that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I I like that. Uh, speaking of Nightmare Before Christmas, I like that Jack's design. You know, he has this like s- these long, spindly legs, and he's sort of um, like Jack Skellington, but a bit more human, a bit more meat on his bones. It's funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's all about them skinny jeans, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's very tailored for today's world.
2: The hoodie, people can relate. Jeans. People,
0: yeah, people can relate.
2: Well, I like that his whole outfits and everything changed with the times. I'm thinking, okay, where does he go for his clothing? Yeah, just, um... I don't know, the guardian of
1: clothes probably makes it <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like,
0: <laughs> The guardian of clothes.
1: <laughs> so, it's, you it's know, it's, his backstory is kind of interesting. It's like, Okay, he's he's with his sister and they're on the icy pond and they're kind of skating and she he's like would I trick you and she's like yes you always play tricks and then he falls into the icy water and drowns. I maybe mean maybe he
0: died of, maybe died of shock.
1: Traumatizing much? That's horrible. Yeah. Like for the poor sister and his family. I mean yeah. they don't talk about them, but that had to have been. I mean you don't even. I was expecting to see her. You know when you see his his view looking up into the broken ice hole, like seeing her peek over to see where he is, but nope, didn't didn't really care.
0: <laughs> yeah, did they even fetch out his body or anything? No. They obviously didn't, because when he when he wakes up, you know, as an immortal, does, it's nighttime. It's is he nighttime. Just
2: this, I think he's just a spirit, though, isn't he?
0: But was that sometime later?
2: Mm, spirit, you know, maybe. Like,
0: why didn't he get up and try to go to his house and, and see his family?
2: Yeah, he just goes
1: to the town. He's like, hey, guys, hey, I'm back, I can fly. Well, because he can't remember anything. Oh, that's right, he can't uh, remember anything. Oh yes, yes.
0: There we go, there we go, that's how it works. Okay. So those that's our guardian lineup. You know, it's kind of weird. We've got two guardians that are based off of holidays, two that are based off of imaginary, you know, folklore. you know, beings. Folklore. folklore. And then one that's also folklore. So, like... How come there's not like a Valentine's Day Guardian? You know, I thought that I the think guardian that Cupid, of love. <laughs> the Guardian of Love. You know, kind, you know Cupid having kind of like a Hawkeye kind of deal where he's like he's got he's very deadly with his bows and arrows. You know, um, <laughs> please not the
2: Groundhog. Please not the Groundhog. Please not the yeah, Groundhog. So, yeah,
0: the ground. So if the Groundhog. What powers does would the Groundhog make have?
2: Just can see the future, making he winter has, longer. He's he has, probably uh, in cahoots with Jack. Yeah,
0: tunneling skills. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm just trying to speculate, like, what kind of other... This is the leprechaun, right? Don't yeah. think... They... Because oh, the Sandman alludes to the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Leprechaun would be cool, you know? He can probably make it rain coins.
2: St. Patty's Day.
0: Yeah, the be... or... leprechaun would be, like, the guardian of luck, you know?
2: Or beer in some circles. There could be the guardian... The guardian of
0: beer.
1: <laughs> there could be the guardian of gluttony, which is the turkey. Guardian? Yeah. Oh, go-go-go.
0: Yeah, Which good. that
1: movie is coming out this year. Turkeys! Freebirds!
0: Have,
2: Freebirds, uh, that's right.
0: Freebird, So, what's the burrito place going to say about that?
1: Burrito place?
0: You guys don't know what Freebirds is? No. Oh my gosh. Well, come back down to Texas. Freebirds is a burrito and chicken wings, I think, franchise <laughs> down here in Texas.
1: Burrito and chicken wings, huh?
0: <laughs> it's Texas, Okay. <laughs> You got a problem with that? Um, it's so, like, oh yeah, and, the, and then the uh, Taco uh,
2: Bell like it's almost like the Taco Bell Pizza Hut mixture thing. It's like, yeah, how do those? How I don't understand. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah,
0: in the next Rise of the Guardians movie, they should have all the American presidents come out, as, you know, for President's Day. <laughs> the Guardians of Liberty. <laughs> this makes me think of i was watching dexter's lab and you know major glory who's like the knockoff of captain america he's like fighting (laughs) someone he's like you cannot defeat the speed of america the might of america the constitution of america (laughs) yeah so we've got um we've got our guardians and then uh, of course there's a bad guy the man antagonist of this film uh, voiced by jude law which totally fits i mean totally And, and that's pitch black you know, he's, he's he's not. There's not really anything that special about him. You know, he's kind of your Voldemort. You know, typical typical devil character. Hades. You know, <laughs> Hades. It's pretty clear what he represents. Uh, Jude Law was a good choice for his voice. You know, very malevolent. Mm-hmm. You know, I bet. Do you think he dated Maleficent? Ooh. Pitch. I'm
2: Maybe. sure there's fan art. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, Gosh, well, if there's not, fan art if for If not sure.
2: before, there will be now. <laughs>
0: I like how his home is like this hole underneath an old rickety bed in the middle of a creepy forest. Yeah,
2: random. <laughs> well, because the boogeyman <laughs> lives under the bed. Like, I thought that was awesome. I was like, oh, creeper. True. true.
0: Okay, talking, like, speaking about boogeymans, who, boogeymen, who 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 do you like better as the boogeyman? Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas or Pitch Black?
3: Ooh, pitch?
0: They're,
2: I think Pitch.
0: They're both pretty evil. You know, one of them's a little more silly.
2: Yeah, Goofy. The other one. Yeah, Pitch <laughs> I, is definitely more just straight up mean. Mm-hmm.
1: Pitch, there's no like funniness about him. He's all serious. He's very. He's vile. all
0: serious. He's very vile. Mm-hmm. He's not mm-hmm. a
2: Rasputin, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, he's
2: definitely Maybe. more on. Is he? <laughs> what do of the night. Would you call him more of a Jafar character? I mean, mm-hmm. Jafar. No, well, he no, doesn't he
0: have a he doesn't have a bird with him. Oh
2: no, yeah, that's true. No, which was which was the one that we were talking about that was like all just all mean.
0: The dude from the Black Cauldron, like he's right up there. With
2: oh, we haven't reviewed that yet.
0: Dude, the dude from the Black Cauldron is like, yep, rip out their spine. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Disney film, kids. Yeah. Pitch. He's pretty bad. Also, I like how no matter what character from any show you do a Google search on, you can always find some weird, slightly homoerotic fan art <laughs> going on. You know, whatever. It's just not in the canon, folks example you can express your creativity <laughs> i've got one up um, up on the show docs there's one of him like about to he's like caressing jack Frost. they're like <laughs> it's like that you know that anime look when they're like they're like looking into each other's eyes about to kiss you know and it's Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway i mean whatever you know whatever your style is i don't mean to offend offend whoever drew that but it's not part of the canon come on not anyway part not part of the canon Okay,
1: Uh, I I like that, um, you know, their excuse at why uh, Pitch came back and suddenly he's relevant. They're like, no one's been afraid of you since the Dark Ages. And I'm like, okay, I don't believe that uh, statement for two reasons. Number one, the Dark Ages, and then they do this montage of, like, the Dark Ages being dark. Like, the Dark Ages were dark because of a lack of enlightenment and advancement, not because of a literal darkness. (laughs) Okay,
0: girl from Magic School Buzz.
1: (laughs) It was just like, no, 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 I'm not buying that. And number two... Okay, there were tons of people, especially kids, nowadays and long time ago, all the time, who are afraid of the dark.
0: Yeah, this remember the Nickelodeon show? This will always be kid's
1: thing, that they're afraid of the dark.
0: Yeah, so who took over for pitch while that was going on?
1: I don't know,
2: but I feel like That's he had good. a job this whole time. I don't know what he's complaining about. Yeah. I guess he just wants more power than what he has.
0: Because he has like, I want what you want, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. I just like at the end where he's like, do you believe in the boogie? And he gets hit by <laughs> snow hole. I chuckled. I chuckled.
1: Chortle, chuckle, chortle, laugh. So
0: let's go. I I got at that. Um, so let's check out. So scenes and sequences of note. uh Did anyone see Max Payne? I thought I thought the whole floating in the freezing water thing reminded me of the first part of that film. Except he wasn't floating down to his death. He was floating up to his life. You know, I heard a lot, one interviewer with uh, Ramsey be like, you know. It's a kind of a serious tone film because uh, it starts out with someone dying. Yeah. Yeah. And and then Ramsey was like, or a birth, not a death. So it's kind of, kind of weird, you know, you know, like the legend of the Phoenix An end is the beginning anyway. um, Just a side note for the past, like week and a half, I've been trying desperately and failing to get the new Daft Punk album out of my head. (laughs) It's so catchy. But anyway, so yeah, I thought that was kind of weird.
2: You know, the very first scene, I well, not the very first scene, but the, the scene where Jack is talking to the man in the moon, or Manny, as Santa yeah, says, yeah. Um, I'm a religious person. And so a lot of things, I tend to look at things in that way a lot of times, especially sure. like a lot of these, to me, had a lot of religious allusions. Like Oh, definitely. Like amazing, like through the entire thing. It was like, oh, well, obviously because... Most of these characters are based off of religious holidays anyway. So you're going to see that a lot. And I actually really liked it. I mean, for me, it's something that I can read into that. I mean, it it doesn't make you read into that that way, but because that's who I am, I end up going all down that road like a lot. (laughs) So I, I appreciated that, though.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It, it's interesting because I've read some rev- some user reviews and discussions on IMDb, um, you know, from non-believers, you know, uh, religiously, who you know noted that this film is kind of, you know, kind of paganistic because all these this, it's all superstition. But uh, you could also interpret it definitely as this kind of spiritual message. I saw it like the man in the moon. Okay, I get what you're really trying to say, you know, spiritually, and I think it's cool. You yeah. know, the whole concept of being called to do something or having the faith that you're called to do something on, you know, in your life or in, on earth, but not, a, but finding it out. And that's kind of a journey within itself. Uh, I definitely got that theme and I thought I appreciated it a lot. I
1: think with yeah. this movie, because it wasn't so explicitly religious in a way, um, I think yeah. they purposely did that. Cause then of course, you know, you, of course they're going to offend everybody if they make a, like a movie that's actually about a religion or something. And you can't do that nowadays, I guess. Right. But I think you kind of took from it, like, your own beliefs so if you're religious then you kind of saw those religious illusions and they meant something to you and if you weren't then it it, you know maybe you saw a bit more paganistic or just you know a good story about hope and so i kind of like that i guess Yeah. yeah
0: i didn't i didn't see it as political correctness i just saw it as like exploring these really cool themes that you can interpret them as spiritual and it was uplifting to me as a you know as a religious or spiritual person
2: yeah Well, like sometimes for me, it helps even to not um, to so delineated like this is what we mean. This is exactly, you know, but I like the metaphorical view of it because it helps me like I'll end up thinking more about it later on. And I'll end yeah. up, like, draw my own conclusions here and there. So I actually kind of appreciate it in that way. Like, I watched it with my dad last night, and he was kind of the opposite. He he definitely saw it more of the paganistic type way. It's like, oh, they don't, you know, da-da-da. But, like, I have the exact same beliefs as he does. But at the same time, I I am able to get more from it because I look at it in the more metaphorical way.
0: Deep, yeah, definitely. So yeah, yeah. anyway,
2: that's my <laughs> that's my little pitch right there. Speaking of pitch, <laughs> did you guys notice how the nightmares were all female horses? I did They're not. Until you just told me that. You know, pitch is he sends out all these horses as nightmares. Well, a mare is actually a female horse.
3: Hmm.
2: Oh. So ladies of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. I
0: don't know about that.
2: <laughs> no. No, <I'm> <laughs> i taking
0: it a little far. I
2: like the nightmare thing. That's pretty yeah. cool. No, like, yeah, it was like, that was really cool though. I was like, oh, the mares, they're horses that go- run off and, and ruin what your... What about
0: the mayor?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the night mayor.
0: The night mayor. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. You know, I'll he controls their chromosomes so that they don't breed out of control it's like jurassic park
2: oh they're all female
0: all right it's really that simple so let's talk about sandman adorable little guy why do they always break your hearts by making them the most adorable awesome character get destroyed in the middle of the film <laughs> yeah what what exactly happened to him i, I thought know. he was gonna convert into nightmare sandman you know because awesome. his body was kind of turning all black and gooey you know
2: yeah but that's not who he, he is.
0: But he just kind of goes away.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what happened. Eaten up by darkness.
0: It just kind of goes away, and I don't exactly remember how he got back. Did Pitch just weaken enough for um, Sandman to be brought back to life, or did people start having good dreams again?
2: They might have believed him again. Remember I don't. Again. I don't remember. So
0: it. without Sandman, did people just not sleep anymore?
2: No, they slept, but they just Mass had bad insomnia. dreams. Mass insomnia. Oh um it's oh. like japan that sucks but, the weekend, i've had yeah. insomnia before it's not fun
0: i have insomnia every time i drink a, oh, okay
2: okay pure so here's cane what sugar
0: it is. root beer after, before i go to bed
1: so huh? here's what happens the children have faith in you know in the final battle i guess um and so they have faith that they're not going to you know let the let the boogeyman take over and they have faith that you know the guardians are real and all these things they have hope and the faith, I guess, causes the Sandman to be resurrected, Oh. which is another illusion I completely missed because I, well, I didn't see him as dying. I just assumed that he went somewhere
2: else, Huh. but
0: G- generically defeated. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And so you kind of get into this weird, like conflict, like uh, Jack makes everyone's mad, everyone mad for some reason, Jack's all emo because Sandman dies. And is generically defeated, you know. I like when he's like looking up at the moon. He's like, "Why, why did you send me here?" Blah blah blah. It's all my fault. Blah blah blah. I, I wanted Mufasa to come out and be like, "Remember, you, you, are, you are, you are my son, the one and true king." And Jack's like, ah, "Mufasa, you got the wrong movie."
1: Well, <laughs> oh, there's a Simpsons episode about that.
0: There Lisa's,
1: is. At least is talking to the sax man, and he dies.
2: Oh and, yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's
1: he's talking to him in like the the clouds and then Mufasa comes right up next to him he's like remember who you are Lisa. And then it's a uh, the, is it a uh, from Star it's, Wars?
2: Yeah. It's like, Darth Vader. I, just am, it I, Earl like, Jones. I am your father cuz it's the same guy who does the voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all three of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's like he was like, "No, get your own movie." <laughs> get your own cartoon like, we're Sorry." <laughs> they just disappear.
0: It's awesome. <laughs>
2: Oh, Simpsons Marathon. It. it is happening. That's a happening. great one. Oh. Now. That, that is definitely the episode I'm going to be on. I'm sorry. <laughs> if, really I can't, if I can't participate in the Pokemon one as, to this extent, but Simpsons, you know it.
0: Yeah, oh, you can cut me, yeah. You can cut me out of the Simpsons one just because I never watched it. It was like outlawed in my yeah. Ha- house. Yeah. King of the Hill, on the other hand. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> now, someone, someone explained to me exactly how jack ruined easter because he like goes off and he like jack jack so he like goes and follows the voice and he gets all messed up with pitch he gets all beat up Blah blah. because blah. he was supposed
2: to guard everything so he was supposed to be the one guarding making sure that pitch doesn't get in but because he left all of the nightmares were able to come in and destroy everything for easter mm-hmm. and as we know they're perishable so you can't really fix that
0: why didn't he explain to the other guardians like i hate i hate when animated films do this you know, there's like a misunderstanding or like something happens and they're like, explain yourself, main character and uh, protagonist. And uh, they're like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for things to end up this way. If he, a lot of I think in a lot of instances, if they would just explain exactly what happened to be like, hey, look, Guardians, it's misunderstanding. I thought I heard someone who needed help. And I went down to this weird hole in the ground, but it was actually a trap. So I'm (laughs) I'm very sorry for the misunderstanding. You know, whatever. But no, they're like, oh, how could you do this to us? (laughs) You know, and he's like, oh, I'm so, you know, so sad. You know, everybody hates me. I'm getting out of here. Low point in the plot line.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, I I thought that, I don't know, he gets down there and he could have gone back really quickly. You know, he was free and then he, you know, the fairies are there and he could have gone back. But then he's kind of taken over you know, seeing his memories in the tooth and he's like, Oh, you know, he finds it. And then he kind of delves into that. And so to me, that was one thing that he obviously didn't want to tell them. It's like, Oh, I chose myself over all the children who I'm supposed to be in training to train, to save. But so I think to me, if he were to say what actually happened, the full story, then it'd be like, Oh, you're selfish. But the first part of that, I totally agree. Like, it wasn't his fault. He just got tricked. Oh, well, He's the king of tricks. He got out tricked. Dang. Wah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day when a gardener would choose himself before his children. <laughs> Bugs life.
1: <laughs> Good one.
0: <laughs> the point is, Jack, you lied to us. <laughs> anyway, and then things just start going south. Literally, I think Jack ends up in, like, Antarctica. <laughs> With Baby Tooth. <laughs> it's
2: it's like a total Aladdin remake right oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has a boo in his vest. Yeah. He's like, he's oh, like oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> i got to make this right.
0: When Baby Tooth sneezes in Jack's hand, it's like so freaking adorable. <laughs> oh,
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you, can't, you can't watch that now without thinking of Aladdin.
1: Nice. So I <laughs> love when uh, Jamie's talking to the stuffed Easter bunny, and he's like, if you're real, you're going to have to prove it like right now and i'm like mm, that's risky business asking for a sign for okay. <laughs> no <way.
0: Super> signs
1: <laughs> but you know it's like did jamie really believe that talking to the stuffed bunny was going to make anything happen because he already saw what the real I easter didn't, bunny looked
0: didn't get like it. yeah i didn't get it was that like his port key to talking to uh to <laughs> the easter bunny because he saw it he saw it in real life because he's, exactly. he's talking to his fellow kids about like how cool the easter bunny is
1: hold on Something's so wrong with it. your mic it
0: sounds weird too.
1: It does. Oh, must be the internet.
0: You know, if if Pitch just wanted to snuff out all the lights on Earth, why didn't he just go to the globe and just start stamping them out like he was doing? Hmm. You know, and he's like six, five, four, and I was like, who are you? The inverse count on, on <laughs> street. one, one child. Um, right,
2: just just now that we're on that, uh, did you ever realize that the count is a count, and he counts. Yes. That like took me till I was like nineteen to realize that. Gosh, Chelsea. I was like, oh wow, I never knew that. Wow, that's
1: me. Okay, go back. Okay, so let's talk about the final battle. We kind of talked about what's going on. Oh yeah, final battle. I love that it's like kids' power. Anything is possible if you just believe. All it takes is faith and trust. And something (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Dust. (laughs) if anyone knows the two disney references i just quoted right there you are awesome
0: you are awesome you get an a for the day okay
1: it was pinocchio (laughs) and peter pan but
0: (laughs) Uh, so anyway and so i guess i'm trying to get the whole symbolism here how they defeat pitch you know like it's kind of like knowing that evil and you know the forces of evil exist but not being afraid of them is that was that the point
1: um yeah basically it's just not having fear when you know that you have the power to be better it's like if you have faith you'll always be able to overcome even the darkest of dark which is a true statement like you know satan or the devil or pitch or hades whoever it's like they'll have control over you if you give them control right Mm. this was kind of like taking that control back and giving the kids the power kid power power.
0: you know kids are the uh, you know kids are the embodiment of you know, of love, of innocence, hope. I'm so I'm surprised they didn't go into the adult world and in all you know all the pessimism and cynicism and that are associated with adults. But that that'd be like two nineties, you know. <laughs> but anyway, hey, good job. So the Sandman comes back, whoops up on pitch, freaking awesome. Well, bam, what well, bam? And then uh, we get to see all these cool giant sand dinosaurs and like and stuff. All the nightmares turn back into awesome. unicorns, yeah. And the kids actually defeat the nightmares and turn them into unicorns.
1: <laughs> yay which i'm total lover of unicorns right now f y i thanks to the oh, old boy. ponies i have a pony i have a unicorn shirt, and uh, so we just bought this thing over it's like this big um it's like a white uh, stag that it's a decoration i guess but yeah, I, I totally saw it. i totally wanted to buy the unicorn version, but Jared said no. <laughs>
2: I thought it was... Your Patronus. Yeah, <laughs> my Patronus, you're right. <laughs> Your Instagram thing was awesome. Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> my Patronus is Godzilla, therefore I win.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll find there.
0: Just wanted to put that out there.
2: I've got a soft mountain lion at the ranch. I can throw that in there. <laughs> oh, sounds cool.
0: <laughs> I love uh, one of the most one of the most off character quotes from Pitch is where they're all celebrating at the end he's like how dare you have fun in my presence
1: (laughs) i know i'm seriously like nerd
0: (laughs) what a loser (laughs) how dare you have like like, okay what is he plankton from spongebob (laughs) how dare you anyway i I just think it's funny and it's kind of cool the nightmares show up again and i was watching that i was like okay there's gonna be another fight scene but then santa's like uh i'm not afraid those aren't my nightmares Nice. And it's like dun dun dun. Uh, even Pitch can fear things. <laughs> that was cool. But yeah, that well, was cool. Can
1: Pitch be like the ultimate beholder of fear? Like, don't you think he should be fearful of like everything because he is the essence of fear?
0: Well, or it's because I think he's the essence. He's the guardian of- and giver and deliverer of fear.
1: So that makes him
2: immune.
0: He's like aku from Samurai Jack. You know, shape shifting master of darkness. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't think his character would be as forceful or as strong if he was afraid all the time. Yeah, He'd kind of come like, off <laughs> as like a Peter Pettigrew. Don't <laughs> think. Nice. Come on, I was your rat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we had so many good years together.
0: Now, the last, uh, the last uh, line in the film uh, by Jack is very Spider-Man, don't you think? You know, he's like, I'm Jack Frost, and I'm a guardian. And he's like, how do I know that? Because the moon told me so, and when the moon tells you something, believe it a lot of reviewers were like i don't get it no one no one talks to the moon
1: that's what i said
0: but, well you gotta remember all the spiritual metaphors here
1: yeah i know but the way he said it he made it seem like it's very literal like when the moon talks to you you gotta talk back gotta believe
0: <laughs> you gotta talk. it's not it's not you gotta talk back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just it was
0: funny. When the moon tells you something answer. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I guess I guess you you see the movie on a bit higher level than I did because I was just like, hmm. okay, not
0: higher. Come on. Oh, come on. Just, just better. No,
2: like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, anyone who's had that experience in their life where they feel like they've been called to do something in their life, you know? When you know you know, you know? Be-
2: you know. Yeah. Oh, I totally know. You got to
1: believe.
0: I am the guardian of Legos. That's my calling. <laughs>
1: So at the very end, they had this really weird end credit music. It was very, like, operatic. and Yeah, that yeah. was weird. It didn't fit, but when I read later, it was a song written for William Joyce's daughter, kind of like in honor oh, of her. Oh, that's good. And so I'm like, oh, I can't really make fun of it now. But it just didn't yeah. fit, really. I mean, I understand writing a song and having it in her honor, but it just seemed just they could have done it in a different style, but... I don't know. It was, I just, it was really weird because nothing of the movie was like that. It was sort of like the old 90s R&B. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, the old opera remix at the end.
1: <laughs> That's going to be so... a thing now. It's going to well, be so 2000s, noticed...
2: 2010s.
0: I know the next Toy Story movie comes out at the end it's going to,
2: you've got a friend in me. <laughs> Well, also in the adventures of Tintin, I mean you've got the the operatic singer in there and so you had a lot of opera and I'm thinking there's a lot of that going on lately.
0: <laughs> opera, more like slopera. <laughs> hey,
2: yeah. I, I can appreciate good opera. I mean, there's definitely some that's like, uh, there doesn't really feel very much heart in that. But like there's some really ones that I'm like, I have had a little a tear shed or a time or two.
0: Yeah, just so, yeah. so you know. So let's let's talk about, you know, after seeing the film, what we liked about it, and what we didn't like it before, you know, we rate it. These will be like our final thoughts, pros and cons. You know what I liked about this film? Tell me. Yetis. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all you need right you there. I
0: just like where the I, I just like the one yeti who makes all the toys blue. And he's like, no, no, no. We need more. We need more red. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, When he's making the eggs, he's like, no, no, it's too Christmassy. We need more blue. It's like, oh. (laughs) You
1: know what's interesting about the Yeti? So I own the book, The Art of DreamWorks, Rise of the Guardians. So we did a YouTube review of that. So you can go to our YouTube channel, uh, com slash YouTube, and you can read our review. And you can also go to Amazon to buy it. A lot of people actually bought this because of our review. But as I was watching the movie, I was looking through this art of book, book, and it shows the concept art and stuff. And actually, the design of the Yetis is very similar to William Joyce's original designs that are in the books. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I thought you that know, was thought pretty awesome.
0: They were awesome. very, like, very wookie Yeah,
1: with these, like, funny mustaches. Now, the reindeer are definitely different, and Santa looks... Com- Santa has a monocle, FYI. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, no t- <laughs> oh, good. <school>. No cats. <laughs> so yeah it's definitely cool because this is probably one of the best art books and because you really get to see all iterations of the characters from start to finish and even that's good
0: i love seeing the old rejected designs Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and even they have a cool page on here they like even go above and beyond they even have two full pages of the artwork that's in the kids bedrooms I thought was cool. Oh, really? A lot of work gets spent on those things and you don't even notice them, you know? And so this yeah. really puts in the forefront. Anyways, Yeti tangent over.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Yetis. Yeah, now I, I love the, I love the themes of this film. Cause uh, you know, as we discussed, you know, it's got these kind of spiritual themes and kind of themes about like hope and faith and fear and, and doing that. And I just thought it was cool because it had kind of these multiple lines of journeys that the film took. So I thought the plot was complex enough. It was it was cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I liked about One this second. film, and then the, and then the co- really cool design of it all.
3: So,
1: okay, so what I liked about this movie is I really liked that it took you into this world beyond the world that we know. We know the Easter Bunny, you know, to an extent. We know Santa Claus, and it gives you this other side of it. And I love that when they create this whole new universe and and fandom and canon behind these guys. And so it was really cool to see that, like, what happened if they were friends. Um, which we discover Easter Bunny and Santa aren't really friends, but they do know each other and then they are aligned on a similar purpose. And I thought it was really neat.
2: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I went into this originally, like the very first time I ever saw, I went into this, not really knowing what I would get. And then as I watched it, it just, they did a really good job at just drawing you into the action. And I found myself even believing just all like all these, the new mythos that they're putting forth, you know, to, um, back up what we already know about certain ones. And the animation is just really crisp and clean. Just very, very good. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I like the fact that you're able to take it in and have more of a metaphor with it as well. Um, you know, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. So those are some of the things that I liked. So what didn't we like about the movie? I guess you know, I only... on
1: a negative note. <laughs>
0: yeah. So what didn't we like? You know, the only real complaint I have about this film is the pacing It seemed very rushed to me, partly because you have all these different kind of plot lines going on. And then there's a lot of explanation that needs to be done. Like the whole children believing in you. And when they don't, you know, you start to fade away and all that stuff. You know, the oaths. Yeah. But... I'm glad they did that instead of, you know, Santa Claus showing at the beginning and be like, hello, my name is Santa Claus. I am Russian every <laughs> year. I give toys, but I'm actually a, you know, better knuckles boxer guy and blah, blah, blah. This guy is named pitch. He is the bad guy. You know, I'm glad they didn't like explain all that stuff. So that's good. Yeah. yeah but, but I mean, the, the pacing just seemed very rushes, very breakneck speed, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, ha- pitch, he destroyed the faith of every child on earth <laughs> in, in like two days.
1: That's why you don't underestimate him. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I guess so.
1: So I guess the thing that bothered me that I didn't really like, two things. So the animation, like I talked about, just I liked the designs a lot. I thought they were cool. They were unique. They were different. They were edgy. But the animation of the hair just really got to me. I felt like by 2012, the hair could have been a little better. Um, I don't know if that was on purpose. And then another thing I didn't like about this movie is how poorly it did in the box office. I think it was really good. It has sort of a cult following now. I mean, it is popular by those people who gave it a chance. I'm not saying that DreamWorks didn't give it a chance. I mean, they tried something, you know, because they had to, you know, be edgy and they wanted to see if it would work and it it failed and it was pretty unfortunate for that. You know, especially since, um, you know, we did an interview with Frankie Franco and he worked on this and it was Really a bummer that, you know, he, you know, he was a production assistant and he spent a lot of time on this that it just didn't do as well as, you know, he and the rest of the team would have wanted and hoped for. And that's sad because for every animated movie, whether, you know, we like it or not, whether it's good or not, like I I do think about the team who spent a lot of time working on that. And I really, do feel bad for them when it doesn't really do. I mean, but $303 million, not too shabby, but when 300 people also get fired from DreamWorks, not cool,
2: man. Not cool.
0: Hey, not cool.
2: Yeah, right. uh, I didn't, really wasn't that much that I didn't like about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm giving it a very high score. My score is four and a half stars.
1: Ooh, nice! Like
2: I really liked it. What
1: about you, Mason?
0: Uh, I give it three and a half. Oh. Yeah, three and a half. I mean, I did like the film. It just wasn't like amazing to me, you know.
1: Yeah. So I give mine right smack dab in the middle of you two.
0: Four you stars. always do that. No, I
1: do not. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But really, when I thought about this ahead of time, I'm like, that's four stars for me. I mean, it's good, but it's not, fan. you know, a five-star grade. It's not even four and a half grade, but it's not three and a half for me. Uh, so, yeah, four and stars. That's pretty decent. I mean, all of ours, it's in the good territory, right?
0: <laughs> no, that's Yeah, yeah this that's wasn't right. a bad film.
1: Okay, so we asked for your thoughts on Rise of the Guardians. So here are the responses that we got via voicemail. <laughs>
4: Hey guys, my name is Teresa and I'm sending you a big hello from the Czech Republic. First of all, I want to thank you for your podcast. It always makes my day and you're amazing. So, Guys of the Guardians, it's my second most favorite DreamWorks film right after How to Train Your Dragon. And The idea of these mystical creatures knowing each other is just fantastic. I love the characters, the, their backstories, the way they look especially with Santa and two fairies and Sandy with his magical scent. All the voice actors have done a great job, although I think that Chris Pine's voice is maybe too manly for Jack, but it's okay because there is Alec Baldwin with his Russian accent. The plot is nothing special, but it's great that character interaction is in the focus. I also love these little details, you know, like nightmares and all the stuff. This is a good fairy tale story with likeable characters. I believe that I'm not the only one who calls this movie the adventure for kids. That's all from me and I have a question for you guys. Uh, Have you heard about something called Big Four? It's a fan fiction crossover between Rise of the Guardian, The Brave, Tangled and How to Train Your Dragon. So what do you think about this and what's your opinion to these fan fiction uh, crossovers in general? Thank you for answer and keep on good work. Bye.
2: Aw, she's so cute. (laughs) Thank you for your awesome voicemail. Um, Okay, so it's Rise of the Guardians, Brave, Tangled, and How to Train Your Dragon. It's just crossover. Okay, comment. I don't
0: know. I I suppose I'd have to read it first.
2: Yeah, I've never heard of them. I've never been able to read them, so I don't know. Um... I've gone into some fan fiction on some different things before. And a lot of times, you know, there's a really, you've
0: experimented with it.
2: Sometimes (laughs) not a lot, but it's been quite a few years, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's really amazing. There's so many really great, great writers out there. Um, my only thing is, you know, it's, it's good to have as, you know, looking at the writers, it's good to see you going out and doing something, but, um, and experimenting in these different worlds but you know there's you would get so much more if you made up your own worlds and and you know tried to publish it so because there's so many really good there's so many really good authors out there that like write in these but it's kind of just a shame that they can't ever get anything out of it well after. a lot do i mean that's
0: how 50, yeah, 50, shades, 50 shades of gray, shades
2: of gray. did oh really it used to <laughs> oh, be it was a
1: twilight fan fiction and she just it got super popular she just changed all the names
0: now they've got yeah. to move.
1: Yeah, and there's a, there's actually a lot of fan fiction writers that go off and then they self-publish on Amazon and their followers all go with them and they buy or, you know, fan fiction writers get, like, publishing deals. So, I mean, I think it's a, a way to start using to kind of um, fine-tune your your writing ability with characters that are already established before you start creating your own. And it's just sort of fun. There's no, you know, no stakes, I guess. That's true so i haven't read it but i'll have to check it out i do like i i kind of like crossover pictures and like you know when they enter each other's worlds and become part of each other's worlds which is really cool but yeah that's awesome and i also like that comment at how rise of the guardians are considered the avengers for kids yeah, yeah. that was really cool kind yeah, of avengers true for
0: kids yeah that's right i've heard that a couple times yeah <laughs>
1: So that was a really good episode, guys.
0: Yeah, this was a a good film. Yeah.
1: I was excited because it's been a while since we've been together and I was really excited watching this and I was excited to, you know, talk about everything with you guys and two DreamWorks films in a
2: row. Not too shabby.
0: That is true. Are we
2: going to make this a habit?
0: I don't know.
2: (laughs) No, we're doing we're going to do the other one next time, right? Well, we're still going to do the Cartoon
1: Network one, but maybe towards the end of the summer when we have more chance to kind of all catch up on different series Instead of one person doing one series. So if you're excited for that, don't worry. It's coming in the future. Our next one is going to be Robin Hood. And I am beyond excited for that. Oodilali! Oh, Oodilali! And- Golly, what a day! And speaking of the website, so you know, when this—the week before this episode was released on the website—we had a lot of our writers. They went together and they—they they did Rise of the Guardians-themed pieces. So some are like really funny and short. Some are going to be like art opinion articles that are a bit more heavier. They explore some of the themes that you know we talk about here, and it's going to be really cool. So that's something we're going to start doing for all of our new episodes the week prior to the release and the new release date is going to be on friday everyone so attention attention friday so if you were kind of waiting for monday tuesday um it's now going to be friday and the week before we're just going to have a big like excitement to get everyone pumped up for that movie and we can kind of watch it together and and then comment on the different articles so i'm really excited for all these opinion pieces and articles that it's going to happen for robin hood because that one is instant classic should be a platinum edition but disney doesn't think so (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, they did a Blu-ray at least.
1: Yeah, it's coming out. The Blu-ray is coming out like in October, and they're basically like rehashing the same cover art. <laughs> it's like, aww. oh, brother.
2: so that was actually one of the very first DVDs I ever purchased. Robin Hood, nice that and Goofy movie. <laughs> so it has a very <laughs> soft, yep. it has a very soft spot in my heart.
0: Very good.
1: So yeah, that's exciting things happening, and so stay tuned on our website, therotoscopers.com, so you can find out those you know pump up week before the podcast. And so we're going to be doing Robin Hood Pokemon movie coming in the future. We're going to be doing that with one of our writers, Gary Wright, um, which is going to be awesome. That's just going to be a me and Mason episode because uh, Chelsea doesn't really have much to add about for the Pokemon, <laughs> which is cool,
2: which is cool. <laughs> hey, it's just not what I got into. So she she has um, a, she has a buy we, that week. <laughs> yeah. We will be doing a Simpsons episode at some point as well. Yeah. That'll be that great. one will be amazing. Um, yeah. And keep your recommendations coming because we, we love new ideas and we it's have a fun. list trust me we get so many that it's like yeah. oh we can't
1: even do this many in two years but we do have a list <laughs> but and they're we, all there we keep track of the ones that have been most requested and Rise of the Guardians I think in one of our re- episodes a few weeks ago we mentioned like oh you know if maybe if we get enough requests we'll do it and then like all of a sudden there were tons of requests we're like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so cool thanks guys this was fun
2: thank you make sure to check us all out at our individual locations you can find morgan straddling on twitter uh you can find me on twitter chelsea robson you can also find me at chelsea which will take you to my facebook page you can also find mason's blog at this animatedlife.blogspot.com
0: you know, I really need to get a Twitter. I think this week I'll get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Twitter,
1: Twitter, Twitter. That is. Oh, <laughs> guys, did you just hear this, fans. Mason, this we'll is have a Twitter. big deal. It's like him a year and a half. <laughs> you're going to get like 500 fans right away. I don't even have that. Really? Before. It's going to be awesome.
3: All right.
2: <laughs> He's like, OK, I'll go.
1: <laughs> also, don't forget, you can support the show by doing a trial of Audible which is the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks. We talk about Audible all the time because we love Audible and we legitimately use Audible. So go to therotoscopers.com slash Audible and you can get your free one-month trial and a free book that you get to keep forever, which is awesome. You can also support us whenever you shop at Amazon, which I know all of you do. You can go to our affiliate link and just click through that link whenever you make your purchases, and we get a little throwback at therotoscopers.com slash Amazon. We really love it. That helps keep everything, you know, our little motors going. And then, of course, you can make a donation through PayPal if that, you know, wets your whistle. therotoscopers.com slash donate and all those things. And, hey, if you don't money, you just want to leave us a review on iTunes. That's even better. Go to uh, just iTunes and leave us a review. Whatever you think. One star, five star, four stars, three stars. No stars. Yeah, not
0: one star. Come on. Oh, well,
1: okay. <laughs> I didn't say one star. Come on. Come on. But yeah, it really helps us, and we love when you re- leave reviews. Right now, I think we're almost at 50, so it would be awesome if we can get 50 reviews in the next few, few times.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: All right.
1: Until next time, we, we are, are the Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers.
0: everybody neat and pretty then on with the show
2: let's go
1: i'll do, do it. you know what that's intro. from no? no
0: mickey Mickey mouse club
1: nice <laughs> sounded a bit disney-ish
0: would you ever consider reviewing direct-to-video sequels
3: oh mm-hmm. we already do
2: on view on the
0: on, on the YouTube, YouTube. youtube on youtube
3: i'm like that's i'm sad. not
2: doing more than that <laughs> i love how she said rise of the guardians <laughs>
0: Resident the Guardians. Where's she from
2: again? Czech Republic. Wow. Like we get around, don't we?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh sweet. Spanish country, El Origen de Los Guardianes. Brazil, El Origen dos Guardiotes. Belgium Lesig Legendes. Croatia pet legendi. <laughs> Norway, defem legende, legendini, Germany, die hutter des Because you hate Gatsby for being so naive, you know, for being so short-sighted, and then you hate Daisy because she's like, oh, I don't know what I want. Oh <laughs> I mean, come on, lady, let's be honest. But and then uh, Tom, you know, Tom, he's like, oh, I say, I, I say Gatsby's no good. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nick's just like, one more party, please. <laughs> what? I have a job. I don't I don't really do it. <laughs> <Get comfortable laughs> time? What? Jay-Z? What? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> what is that from? It's from Robin Hood.
0: <laughs> it's from the most, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the no, most hilarious Disney film ever made. Who does that dopey Duke
1: think he is? <laughs> cheek, what cheek! Oh, all we stuff. need to do that one next. That one. No. Okay.
0: On. can we do Robin Hood next? Yeah, okay. Oh my goodness, I'd yeah. be so happy. Okay,
1: done, <laughs> done, and done, and done.
0: Uh, <laughs> I can sing all the songs.
1: Oh, so
2: can I. <laughs>
0: Ooh, and we can plug in that Mumford and Sons cover of uh, yeah. Not Nottingham.
2: They do a cover of that. Yeah, that's I have awesome. better...
0: it. Oh, pretty. Is awesome. anything that's melancholy and a slightly bluegrass sound?
2: <laughs> Mumford and Sons got it. Mumford yeah. and Sons have got it. Have their ups and downs.
0: Yeah, I can. You can get like you can Sometimes. hear like the chains clinking in rhythm to the song. <laughs> <laughs> now
2: Nodding,
0: Nodding, Nodding. 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 I'm inclined to
2: believe. If we were if we weren't, if we so, weren't so down, down we'd up and Z. leave. up and cry no we'd up and fly if we had wings for flying (laughs) i don't know the tears were crying
0: like a tumbleweed sound like rattle (laughs)
2: rattle. oh such a good movie i'm excited now next next (laughs) time on the rotoscope.